This is a Talk to Jack podcast with Uncle Jack, exploring topics on heart, mind, soul, and the human experience. Let's talk. See, I can get you something like this, and then you join the team and all this stuff. That was my last day uh, under the bridge because I knew what that meant. What that means actually. So um, I I walked down from VI to Aja. I was looking for a job. Then I I had some little knowledge about graphics, so I was looking for uh, maybe a business center that is looking for a graphic artist and all. And then I met Timmy. His name yes, I met Timmy Mene, and then Timmy spoke to his boss that I think that. Uh, this person could actually help them. He has some little knowledge in graphics, and at the same time, I think he's good with fixing some computer system. So the boss employed me, and then Timmy allowed me to stay in his house. He knew me from nowhere, but then the man was paying me six thousand naira. So and a Timmy month? was yes per month. That was twenty yes twenty two thousand and eight April. Wow. So, the actually my story was I, I I would say that the story is actually long, but just to cut it short, I I became very comfortable with Timmy, and the, there was this part of me that felt like this wasn't what you wanted. You 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 wanted more. If if what you are looking for is somebody to pay six thousand naira, you have to do it. There was no reason you leaving Ibadan and risking everything so much and, and taking that kind of that audacious step coming down to Lagos. So I thought to me, I needed to move. So I went back to Ikeja. Uh, there was this secondary school along uh, Bank Anthony Way, Victory, uh, Victory High School. So I started sporting inside Victory High School. And then I, I would sleep inside one of the classes. I was attending a church along that street. There, I met some guy. I joined the choir, and then I was talking to some guys there. That was when I met uh, Shion Wakitomide. Shion Wakitomide was the former drummer in the church. So Shion uh, asked me to come and stay with them at Oba. So from Oba, I met Mr. Inka. Mr. Inka was the owner of Alojin Adventure. And he is like a vendor with Stalin Bank. That was how I started. I learned how to run um network cable cat five cat six and then uh you working on patch panels using uh, configure um terminating into the comb boxes and and he he, he he it was more or less like anytime he has job he, he would call me to come and work on it that was when i i so that was when he now told me that i needed to go back to school that how can you how can you be this intelligent without a degree he told me that degree is going to really really open me to some opportunities and then i told him that that was the reason why i came to lagos but i don't know how to pay about it unilag was never in my picture because i felt unilag was like unilag was meant for the big boys and then <laughs> the rich folks actually and mr inka told me that why not go to unilag so that you still be in lagos and anytime i have some gigs you can always come around and then 
you'll be part of it instead of you going to maybe learning or you go to if I have done an all. So I decided to to write my uh, uh, jump. I passed jump. I went for post UTME. I passed my post UTME. I came out with merit list. Uh, I came. My name came out in the merit list. And then I started looking for money to pay. I I struggled. And then I remember Reverend Tony Akiyemi. I'm sure the man did not know. He signed a check. Someone told told him about me, and he paid thirty eight thousand five hundred naira. Wow. He just he just he just issued the check that if the person if this guy wants to go to school, I'll pay his school fees. Wow. So he, he gave me the first money that I pay I, I used to pay my school fees. That was how I started Unilag. So after I finished my first uh hundred one hundred hundred level, I needed to pay for two hundred levels. I started looking for job. That was when I came um I came I that was when I met Yomi Jones that brought me to Bankers Warehouse that led to me meeting you, actually. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Um, you know what I keep hearing in your story? There, there are certain themes that seem to keep coming up. And I'm going to let you keep talking because this interview is not about me. It's about you and the story that you have to tell. But you'll forgive me for interjecting from time to time because I just think it's important to point out a few things that I hear. First of all, wow your story um and i know there's a lot more coming but there's a theme of 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 commitment and a theme of determination that i i hear that you keep repeating over and over again you keep saying i knew that i needed to do this i knew that i wanted to do this i knew i needed an education i knew i wanted an education i knew i needed to be in lagos i knew i wanted to be in lagos and to me, what that points out to me is the power of vision. You know, like when you have a vision for your life, when you have a vision for where you want to be and who you want to be, where you want to go, um, it, it, it's the beginning of everything. You know what I mean? Um, it's hard to derail someone with a vision for where they want to be and who they want to be. Um, and I think that it's absolutely impressive and I think even more impressive is that you keep adding fuel to that vision because one of the things that I also keep hearing you saying is that I'm grateful for, you know, I, I'm grateful for this opportunity and I was grateful to meet this person and I was grateful for that. And, um, and that speaks to something that vision does for you as a person. When you have a vision for where you want to be, the decisions you make in your life will always line up to position you for that vision or for the opportunities that will take you to that vision. And you've talked about being under the bridge. You've talked about walking long distances and finding yourself in certain places and in certain environments. But the environments that you found yourself in turned out to be the places where your help came from because you were positioned right. You know what I mean? I mean, it's yeah, that's what yeah, I'm hearing yeah. in your story. It's like you met this person and this person chose to do this. And you met this person and this person gave you an opportunity. And you met this person and they gave you solid advice and backed it up. Uh, you met this person and they gave you a job. But because you were in the right place at the right time, um, positioned yeah. to, to take advantage of those opportunities, I think that's absolutely amazing. Um, and then you and I met um, on the project. I mean, we worked alongside each other a few times in the course of the project. I was, uh, for our listeners, I was project managing a construction project. 
um, well, it wasn't a constru- it was a construction project, but it was more of a business project um, that had a construction element to it. And uh, Tosin was attached to one of the vendors who was providing a service um, on the project. And um, Tosin reminded me that we had a conversation um, in particular about himself and about his future. I I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> um, sometimes uh, I talk a lot and I could just go off on a tangent and I talk and talk and talk. But um, but he reminded me of that story. And Tosin, I want to tell you this. The day that you shared that story with me was a very pivotal day because that particular day, I remember waking up that morning feeling very heavy. Um, sometimes, you know, no matter what you're trying to do, no matter how consistent you're trying to be with your objectives and your goals and things like that. Sometimes you find yourself in situations where, you know, you sometimes you find yourself in situations where you, you feel weighed down. You don't feel like you're making as much progress as you want to make. And sometimes you don't feel like the, the clouds are bright. Sometimes you don't feel like, you know, things are lining up the way they're supposed to. And, you know, as as much as we can draw on inspiration from within ourselves sometimes and look back on our journey and we see where we've come from and we draw strength from that and say, hey, look, I'm not who I was yesterday. I'm not where I was a year ago. I'm definitely not where I was 10 years ago. I've, I've done well for myself. I, I'm, I still have ways to go, but I cannot negate what I have achieved, you know, so far. Yeah. Um, but then there are some days that you wake up and it's just heavy. And when that happens, sometimes you need that little bit of inspiration, that little thing that just picks you up and reminds you um, that you're on the right track. And that was what you did for me that day when you sent me that message out of the blue. Um, And I just wanted to let you know that I really appreciate it. And it speaks a lot to you, um, a person um, with your beginnings, but also with who you are today and what you're doing um, to be able to remember moments like that in your life and to still be able to, you know, show um, affection to people and to be humble and to inspire people and to pay compliments and to give feedback. Um, that was absolutely amazing for me that day. And I just wanted wow, to let you know that. Um, and if you wouldn't mind sharing what you shared with me that day, um, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. To me, I think, um, yes, I had some moments in my life that I, I felt this entitlement mentality. Yeah, sorry that I used that word, but it's valid. I felt because, it is what it because is. I, yeah, because I worked on the project, I felt definitely bankers were well, going to need some guys that will manage the 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 security cameras yes i configured the mbrs that's yeah. network video recorder yeah. yes i configured it so i was i was i had this notion that all i needed to do was to walk to jack and just tell him of course you can remember me <laughs> i worked on the project so why don't you just sign me on this project and let me continue to work after all i heard that the pay was very very high and I, why can't you just pay somebody that is already on, that did the, the job? So I came to your office. The intention was you telling me, I wasn't ready for you to tell me, Tosi, you need to work harder. Tosi, you need to trust your process. Tosi, I wasn't ready for that. I was 
looking forward to you just telling me, oh yes, you work on this project, so go ahead and start Vision. And then I, I was looking for something like, for, I was looking for something on a platter of gold actually. But that very day you made me saw something different and that was that there is a process for everything. And, and regardless of wherever you are, you need to trust the process and you need to go through the right process. And that has really helped me in everything I've done in my life. When you told me about, about the job and, and you told me that I needed to go through the process of the interviews and meeting the head of technology and all those stuff, I was looking at it like, with your connect, you just need to tell him, this is the guy that did this thing. And then after you said that, you saw me off from your office and then we came across um I, I tried to I think his name was Ben but I can't remember him very well. And it then was Steph. That, I remember Steph. I think Mr. Was it Mr. Stan? Steph, Steph Brown. Yes, Steph Brown. Yes, yeah. Mr. Steph Brown. That, yes. That was yes. his name, yeah. Yes. We met Mr. Steph Brown. When we met him, he you told him, Oh Steph, this is um Uluatosin. He worked on the project, he did the, he configured the MVR. You, you, it was more or less like you selling me to him. And he felt like, oh, he's an IT person. Come to my office. Can I have a few minutes with him? That was an opportunity for me to sell myself, to show that, yes, I'm capable. I'm what the job that I have, that I'd imagined in my head. And that very day I flopped because the man was asking me about switch configurations, <laughs> router configurations, which I've never touched in my life. I've never yeah. used packet tracer or GNS or those tools that they use for simulations. Yeah. And the man just looked at it like, no, you're just layer one. Anybody can do what you've just done. It's just running off cable. Mm. And I lost the job. That was when I, that was that. Then it was done on me that this was an opportunity that could have become something bigger and you could have that that uh what i was looking for that that was actually it the good i was looking for that was actually it for me mm. and then when i went back to school i decided to just focus on making sure that i finished my my school uh, i finished schooling and then but the but one thing i did with with that um experience was that i made sure that i was ready for every opportunity that comes my way. And I never allow that to go. But that seems very broad. You know, the, the, the idea of being ready for anything. Now, I'm, pre, I'm prefacing that by saying, I, I'm, my name is Jack, but I've also been known to be a jack of all trades. You know, I do a little bit of everything. I understand a little bit of everything. I, I study a lot. I'm always reading. I'm always learning. I'm always trying to learn. Not necessarily because I, I, well, now, not necessarily because I want to be ready for every eventuality. But at some point in my life, that was my driving force. I, I would have random thoughts like, what if I'm traveling somewhere one day and the plane goes down and I find myself stuck on a deserted island? Would I be able to survive? I better learn what this plant is and how I can make fresh water <laughs> from salt water and, and random things like that. And I know it sounds silly, but as a kid, growing up i i would have these fantasies about these extreme situations and a part of me thought i need to train myself 
you know, to be able to to learn as much as I could so that if I found myself in any situation, I would be able to thrive in that situation. But it's very it's very ambiguous. You know, it's very it's very it's a very broad thing to try to achieve. What yeah. was what was your focal point? What was your your tether, your anchor point? Um, when you were trying to prepare yourself for every eventuality, there must have been a theme, there must have been a tether that you were holding on to in your mind saying, okay, I, I can't be a jack of everything, but maybe I can be a jack of everything IT related or everything software related or everything network related or you know what I mean? What was your yes. tether? Yes, maybe before I even go into IT, I should talk about some of the things that actually happened. Okay. After I left university, I had this notion, which I think most graduates do. And that is, once I finish with a good result, that's two, one or first class, definitely job is going to come knocking on my door. <laughs> yeah, I think we all have I, that. <laughs> I had that notion. I couldn't wait just to write my final exam. And then um, I remember Mr. Inka. That very day that I wrote my last paper, I sent him a message. I said, I'm a graduate now. He, said, he, he, he told me, thumbs up, Oluato said, you've done very well, but I need you to know that you just started. Yeah. And I felt like, what else do you want me to do? Instead of you to tell me that, so say, I have this connect, please just go go, go to it, go to the um, social person and tell him that you are from Minka or Biwali. And then let me just start. You said I need a degree. Now I have a degree. What else? And I did that thing for six years. Oh, wow. I was looking for the same job that over 5 million Nigerians were actually looking for. Mm. Age wasn't on my side. There were some people younger than I am. And there were some people that were like 21. I had a lot of like 19, 20, 21 sets that we graduated together. Of course, companies want to employ people that they are still very agile. They believe that they still have a lot of years to work before they start thinking about other responsibilities like family and love. That wasn't on my side. And I was fighting for the same thing. And I did that for six years. And in between, I got a scholarship to Case Western University in the US. And mm. I, I sent some of my projects that I did in school to uh, to the university and then I got four professors that wrote back to me that they would like me to work with them. One of them helped me to secure a loan, $40,000. And then, so almost everything I needed for, in terms of um, in terms of living in uh, Cleveland, were all sorted out. So I, I had this, this confidence working to the U.S. Embassy that you guys, you guys had no <laughs> option than to just give me my visa and let me just go to U.S. And then it was like a way out of this searching for jobs, searching yeah. for job, and I'm and, here to collect my property. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> August 16, my visa was denied. Yeah. And I felt I felt down. Yeah. And before I knew it, I slipped into serious depression. Why? Because I had spent every money I made on processing US. Mm. Everything. I had 84 Naira. I borrowed money back home. 
So I slipped straight into depression. And then I was struggling with migraine, seriously. And and I locked myself, I locked myself for over 30 weeks. I didn't open the gates. I was crying. I hated God. I was looking at it like this was my only way out of this entire thing. Why can I why do you want me to live all my life going through pain? And and three days later I felt like there was just nothing else to do. Let me just die. So we had this this chemical we used for healing uh, cockroaches. Then my brother bought it. I was squatting with my brother then and he traveled. I carried the poison and I felt like this was it. I'm done. I'm done trying. Uh, I had lost all the strength, all the energy in me. I just wanted the end to end. But one thing stopped me and that was just because how can I suffer so much and continue in hell? That was the only thing that stopped me several times that I attempted this. And then I switched from attempting to kill myself to praying about to God to kill me. Every evening before going to bed, I will pray to God, Father, thank you because today you're going to kill me and tomorrow I will not wake up. I'm being sincere with you, Jack. Wow. I pray that every day. And then the following morning, I will open my eyes. Then I will cry. There's a difference between when you cry and you have tears and when you cry with agony. It's from inside, when you yeah. cry with pain, I cry with pain. I hated God so much because I felt like He just hated me for no reason. And I was I was already close to 34. And and there was nowhere my life was going to show any signal that there is going to be a light at the end of my tunnel. And then one thing happened. Something struck my mind like, why not try programming? I started talking to a few people about it and then a lady I'd never met, she's in the UK, just told me, I think, I think with the way you talk, with the way you think, I think programming is, would be a very good fit for you. Mm. I had no money to buy a system. Mm. I had no money to go for training. I had nothing. The only thing was that I, my phone, I remember very well, I had about 200 and something MB. Yeah. So I went online and I searched for a book. I've, I reached out to the, to the person that authored the book and I told him, how is the book changed my life? Mm. I picked the book. I started studying. I was just studying stupidly. I just wanted to. That was my way out of depression. So I will read for like 17 hours every day. Wow. I stopped sleeping. I stopped eating. There was nothing. I was out of, I was, I was practically out of this world. I wasn't baiting. I wasn't doing anything. The only thing was I was reading. Once, once there, once there was light, connect my phone, and I kept on reading. The way I was practicing was I was writing. Writing. I had quotes. a lot of books. I was writing inside those books. I was writing inside those books. I had no system for me to practice what I was reading. So I was just imagining those thoughts in my head. I read, I read about 1,000 and something pages within three weeks and wow. practiced them. Then one of these days, I came, I, come, I came across a system 
the screen is detached from the body mm. and then and then there was no battery with my little knowledge in fixing computers i was able to bring it to life i looked for a memory and then that system will work for like one hour plus or two hours and then the system will hang yeah. and then when i tried to rebuild the system everything had worked on gone so i have to start all over that was my life story and then something that happened to me whenever i'm talking to people that want to go into software engineering this is the part i used to tell them talk about and that is go to particular time that the light in our house developed fault and then for for over six months never for over for, for i think about a year plus never could not fix it phcm so I I did I had to work on an extension and the extension I looked for um I I think I got a cable a longer cable and then I connected it to the attach it to the extension I will go to people's shop and then I will beg them to allow me to connect the extension inside their shop and I'll bring it inside the sun and I'll sit down with that system and I'll be there from 9 a.m. till sometimes 6 p.m. I was doing that every day. Wow. And after practicing for two weeks, everything that I did never worked. Imagine trying to create a login page, just a login page. For two weeks, I couldn't create a login page. I will go back inside, I will cry with pain. That was my story. But one day, my login page worked. and I felt as if I had built Facebook. That was the way I felt that very <laughs> You know what? So I almost feel like that for you. Um, listening to you tell the story, I almost feel like, you know. <laughs> wow. I felt like I had built Facebook. That was the way I felt. I closed the system. I worked as if I was working with Google. Wow. That was the way I felt that very day. And then that is what I used to tell people. The way our brain picks information, our brain picks information piece by piece, putting them together to form a knowledge, to form wisdom that we can now use to build our life. Yeah. The words we speak today, you, you can't expect five-year-old child to speak like you, Jack. Yeah. The same way. It's accumulation of experiences and words you've been able to build. That's, that's right. what that's your vocabulary. The same way is programming. Our brains is that why they call it programming language. More or less, like your brain is picking something mm. bit by bit and then putting it together. Mm. And then that was it for me. I be, I I became seriously engrossed into programming. I started reading everything possible. Within three weeks, I put on the resources that I've read. I've read over twenty thousand pages. Wow. Within three months, sorry. I've read over 20,000 pages. I, I, I kept on picking different books. I picked as many books as possible. I met a guy that said he's been coding for 30, over 10 years. Um, I'm not sure if he's still there. He, he was the head of um, INLA, Ghana. Okay. And Andrew, we spoke and then he looked at me and said, you told me you've been doing this thing for only three months and you, you have this knowledge about it. I can't wait to see where you'll be in the next five years. He said the same thing. He said that word to me. Wow. And I think today he's really proud of me. Yeah. 
and that was my that, that was how i got into programming actually look Tuesday, i i am absolutely blown away uh, by some of the things you said i i keep getting buzzwords every time you talk i there's the certain words that just jump out at me um, in my mind, the more I listen to you talk, um, resilience, uh, sacrifice, and I, I, I have to say, the the drive that you have is not normal. I, 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 I wish all of us had the same drive that you did, but that ability, that that burning, that that fire that you have inside of you that says i must do this i must achieve this actually to be honest it, it's very similar to to how i talk to um every time i do a coaching session with people or every time i i i'm mentoring people at the office or i'm talking to people casually and 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 people get into this headspace this um this funk about i can't do this or this is a problem and they focus on the problem. This is the problem. We have this issue. We have this issue. And one of the things I keep telling them is, I'm happy that you can acknowledge that there's a problem. That is important. A lot of people um, want to keep their head up in the clouds. You want to ignore the problems that you have. You want to ignore that there's an issue that needs to be dealt with. And it always compounds itself and comes back later on to bite you. But by acknowledging that you have a problem that needs to be dealt with, the biggest mistake that you can make is staying fixated on the problem. You just stay, yeah. this is a problem. Oh my God, the problem, the problem, the problem. What you should be doing, what we all should be doing is focusing on where we want to be, which is not the solution, but the outcome. The solution is a, it's, it's one of the tools to get us to our outcome. And so because the outcome is where we want to go, because your outcome was, I want to do this, I want to be this, it meant that every time you hit an obstacle, you weren't stumped by the obstacle because you kept thinking of ways around it. And what I think is even more impressive is that you were doing that without feeling it. You know, the, the, from what you described, the place where you were in that depressive state, which some of us can really relate to, in a lot of cases, some of us, it, it would be just like you were for three weeks. It would be hard to just even get out of bed. It would be hard to see any meaning to getting out of bed to do anything. And you found something to latch onto almost obsessively and decided that this was going to be your tether. And you started learning a new language. You started learning something new, something that would take you to where you wanted to be. But to do that, I know how hard it is to do that in the state of mind that you're in. And I'm happy that you shared that because I know that someone out there is going to listen to this and they're going to say to themselves, this man just described the way I'm feeling right now. And if he was able to pick himself up and still continue to face obstacles, but still <laughs> kept going until he started achieving something, then maybe there's hope for me yet. Maybe I'm going to get up and start to do something. And that is so inspirational, Tosin. I, I wanted to ask you what your state of mind was in the moments when you were depressed and the very moment when that transition came. You, you mentioned it quite matter-of-factly that, you know, one moment you were depressed and then you start, you know, somebody said something about programming and the way your mind works. And so you decided to jump to that. But I know that sometimes when we're in that depressive headspace, when 
we being in a negative headspace can feel very comforting. I know it sounds counterintuitive, but sometimes when we're dealing with stuff and we're in a bad place, sometimes we just want to lie down there and just feel sorry for ourselves and feel like, you know, like you even pray, you say, God, you know, you kill me. I will not kill myself, but you kill me. And I, 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 I can totally relate to that because I, I don't know if you know this, my mother passed away from cancer several, many years ago now. And I think it was probably about the time I met you, you know, she passed away from cancer sometime around there. And I had just found out she had cancer. No, it wasn't before. It was years before I met you. Actually, that was my dad. Um, but anyway, I remember finding out that my mom had cancer and being so overwhelmed with grief about finding out that she had cancer. And I remember standing outside one night, staring at the moon shortly after I found out and I, I know that standing out at night, staring at the moon and the stars, it always felt very comforting to me. But that night, it did not feel comforting. I was angry. I was mad at God. I was mad at the universe. I was just, why her? She was the sweetest, kindest, most generous human being who had always been selfless and done everything for everyone else. How could she have cancer? You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. I remember standing there that day and I said, okay, you know what, God, this is it. Let's make a deal. You take the cancer from her and you put it on me. I'm young. I can handle it. I'm stronger. I'm more viral. I can handle it. She doesn't deserve this. I can take it. And I remember when my mom found out some months later, that I had said that those words she was so mad at me she was so upset so why would you do that why would you invite that into your life why would you call the universe to bring that down on you you need to recant that immediately do it here do it right now you will not do that and I, I remember that being in that headspace it made sense to me at the time that look all of this has to end I don't see the light I don't see the, the, the end point this was not my suicide story. It was, it was a moment of despair. I have other suicide stories where I tried to kill myself as well because I felt like there was no, there was no light at the end of the tunnel, you know. But there was something about that prayer of God put it on me instead. Let me deal with it. Take me instead. Just remove me from this mess, you know. Take it out of the equation. Let the pain end. But to transition from that point of despair, of let the pain end, to finding purpose and to meaning, there had to be a moment where a switch went off in your head, where something, where you started to see that light again, even though it was dim, where you started to see that light and you started to find that purpose again, which led you down the path of programming. Would you mind sharing a little bit about that transition process from absolute despair to all of a sudden thinking okay wait a minute maybe i could try this wow for me yes um the being society wasn't just the three weeks but that was the like the the height of it for me i had it several times actually i had it several times till so when I started seeing that there's possibility that programming would change my life, 
because going into programming was more or less like you jumping into an ocean without knowing how to swim. I had no mentor. I had nobody to tell me what to do. I was just reading it. It was more or less like to distract my mind. Mm. I wasn't really seeing something big coming mm. out of it. I just needed something to, to distract my oh, mind. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. Mm. That was the only thing I was doing. I just needed something to distract my mind. And the only thing I found really interesting was programming. Mm. After talking to the lady I told you about yeah. in UK. And then she, she kept on checking on me. With time, I blocked everybody. I deleted all my contacts. I wow. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I just wanted to be indoor. The first time I opened the gate, neighbors were like, we thought you also traveled. We've oh, not wow. seen you for weeks. What happened? I was just laughing. And then after that, after that day, I think I was indoor for, for almost a month again. Now, I'm this kind of person that I'm a melancholy. Yeah. My, when my brother came back, I hid my feeling away from him. Mm. He didn't know. Yet, I was dying. I was dying every day. I knew I was dying. Mm. And w- where the light came for me was when I went online and I read about programming to understand what can you do with programming? What do you think programming can do for you? And I also that there is high tendency that if you continue in five years time, you can get to maybe 150,000 era job, maybe 200,000 era job. Mm. Maybe some, some of the jobs I checked then, they put the salary 250 and you know then 250 was like you making 600 or 750 now yeah so i was imagining it the jobs i was looking for were jobs to pay me 70 80. now you're telling me that i can make 250 000 naira oh no problem <laughs> i think <laughs> i think this was it for me and then i got the level of delayed gratification Mm. That was after studying for about eight months, a job came. I've searched for a job for six years. Yeah. A job came and they wanted to pay 130,000 naira. Mm. They dropped it on my table. All I needed to do was to resume. If you remember, I've been looking for something on a plateau of gold. Yeah. Now that was it. <laughs> they laid it you've, out. Been, you've been crying for something to come. You don't want to struggle before you get it. Now you have 130,000 Naira. My immediate elder brother is at 10. He, he, I think he has worked for about four or five years. His salary then was 157. Wow. And a job of 130 just dropped on my table. And I told them, no, I turned it down. Whoa, why? (laughs) I turned it down because I could see, I could see what programming would do for me. Even when nothing was happening around me. Vision, vision. I could see it. I remember my dad, my dad was around. My dad almost frustrated, (laughs) begging me. Because, because, he knows that I've searched for a job. They were worried about me. 
and then a job of 130 came my dad almost he was begging me he did everything he, he, he spoke to me in the middle of the night woke me up and said okay why don't you just start this thing while you are doing your programming i said no that what i've started what i could see i know nobody could you people can't see what i'm what i can see so like you can we can't see anything there's nothing the only thing i see every day is you sit behind a system that looks very wrong and then you are writing something that i can't pay two naira for <laughs> my dad made that statement i reminded him last year mm. when he came to my house and then my dad looked into my apartment and was like, when are we going to your house? Because my dad felt maybe I took him to maybe a hotel. So oh, wow. he said, oh, daddy, this is my house. My dad was like, so one of my son, one of my wow. children will live in an apartment like this. Wow. And my dad said that, please, what are you doing? <laughs> is this still the same those tiny tiny things you're doing i said yes daddy and he told me that please can you teach me oh wow <laughs> wow and then he called my younger one he said please you people should call your brother that thing that he's doing i need you guys to go and start doing it too mm. if that thing could make him live in an apartment like this that means that that is what you people need to do wow. and that is delayed gratification Oh, I could wow. have picked that job. Last year, my brother called and then he, he, he called the guy that, like, the plug for the job. And then the, the, the guy told him that, you see that job I told your brother to pick? That job is down 300,000 Naira. Hmm. If your brother had picked that job, do you know what that means? Then my brother laughed at him. He said, your salary, my brother is making it in 30 days your own salary <laughs> that's what my brother told him that your salary not mm. the job you're talking about your own the guy is the head of the it wow he told him that your salary my brother is making it within three days at the comfort of his room and then the guy asked him is it that same programming that he's doing i said, same he said programming. yes i like the way everybody talks about the same as if it's just oh you know that programming like it's so and that easy. Is it's just that gratification thing. many people wow. want to have their cake right now yeah. of course you know that our generation is fast a we want fast food even when we pray to god we're praying to god and telling him god you fix it now i'm not ready for you to come and fix it tomorrow if you can't fix it now i move yeah no i waited when i tell people that i read for 17 hours i met 17 hours every day but but why I why Tosin, why, why why did you sorry to cut you off but why why did you turn out that i mean i know you said you you knew you deserved more I think maybe my, my question of why is not so much why, it's what was the state of your mind at that time when you were, when you, the opportunity came up and then the decision to turn it down? It's, it's never easy. Sometimes we pray for things and we hope for things and we want certain things and then the thing starts to come up and then we look at it and sometimes we're afraid. Sometimes we don't think that we'll be able to do it. Sometimes, you know, it just doesn't feel right. What What was the, the case with you? What was the kind of going on inside of you at that time? For me, uh, I looked at 
I've invested so much into programming. I wasn't ready to throw it away. Mm. Um, I was always on Stack Overflow. I was always on Quora. Mm. Mm. And I see guys that talked about programming and then you hear the, the salary they, made, they were making. Mm. And then I looked at my family. I looked at it that if I'm making 130,000 Naira, mm. how much do you think I want to send to my father? Mm. How much do I want to send to my mother? Mm. How much do I want to give my younger ones? Then I, the main, my biggest fear, probably I would say that the way some fears, because I looked at it, I wasn't ready for to have a family. Mm. You, if you talk, if you talk about family, you, I, I look at you like, do you, why do you hate me so much? Why? Because <laughs> I look at. Because I wasn't ready to bring to bring a to to have a woman that I can't stand for. Yeah. I don't I don't want my wife to suffer. I don't want my kids to suffer. So don't talk about marriage. Do it's you think that your upbringing me. kind of influenced yes. the way you you thought about that? Yes, yes. Because because you know you know. I don't um I don't know you know this thing, picnic thing. Mm. Yeah. That picnic thing, Gary of that two picnic of Gary, mm. that's what six people are going to share for mm. an entire day, for the whole day rather. Mm. And that was it. Then we start hoping that tomorrow we get something like that. Mm. And you want me to have a family, not sure that I'll be able to fend for them. So it was no no for me. But when I saw the programming, I was reading a lot of comments, how people move from nothing and to something. And then I began to see that if I put in the effort, if I put in the required, uh, the required time and everything, do everything I needed to do, learn as much as I needed to do, practice everything I needed to do. That was why I was given 17 hours. I looked at it like this was a way out for me. I was I, I I did a lot of researches. I tried to search if I want to become a banker, how long is it going to take me to end 250 then? And I saw that maybe 10 years. I wasn't ready to wait for that. I looked at my age. If I had if, if I should have 10 years to eat, that means that I'll be 40 something before I'll be able to make 250. Mm. And then I look at I see people living on the island or staying on the mainland and even on the mainland you now ask house rent you now hear that for you to get a room and parlor you need seven hundred thousand naira. that is something that some people will tell you they can't stay inside and i want to have a i want to live a comfortable life yet i don't want to steal so i was ready to give what it takes that was it for me i was ready to wait I was ready to go the extra mile of studying to get what you and that deserve. was what I did. Wow, you know, you've said so much and I I I feel like I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours. Unfortunately, well, I guess with the podcast medium, we can. But then I don't know what people's attention span would be. Maybe we'll have to schedule another talk again so that we can even talk more in detail about specific things. Because I'd like to, I'd also like to pick your brain at some point on the tech industry and the future of tech and what's going on in the, in the world of tech. 
um, especially because I think that is the future and that's where the world is not even just moving towards it's where it is now and I think a lot yeah. of people could gain a lot from from your knowledge in that area but for this conversation there, there are two more things that I, I would like to talk, touch on with you one of the things that you have continually um, touched on again I keep talking about these thematic elements I don't know if it's the philosopher in you or if it's um, I'm huge on philosophy uh, I'm, I'm very philosophical I in fact sometimes I can't sleep at night because all I'm doing is thinking about all kinds of things but one of the themes again is is you I don't know if it's born out of your drive or but your willingness to learn I I've told people many times over people that I coach people that I mentor people in the office uh, who work under me and one of the things that you cannot micromanage 500 people it's just impossible and so you focus on developing people who build who buy into your ideology who buy into what it is that you want to achieve just like you have the drive the vision and then you you know impart as much knowledge and skill and ability to think in line with the culture that you want to build into those people and then you release them to develop themselves and to grow within their own ecosystem right and to become you know and then they multiply that down the line and one of the things that i've always told people is that one of the most difficult people to teach will be someone who thinks that they know it is extremely difficult to teach someone who is educated in quote because it's like you've poured concrete into the foundation and it has set and then now you tell me that i want to change the shape of the foundation there's no way that you can do that without breaking down that concrete first and starting all over again it's the same thing that is done in the military for instance when you go into the military they spend the first few weeks boot camp is to break down whatever biases you've built in your mind about what you deserve what life should be what you aspire to be whatever it is you think that you are and they break you down into spare parts <laughs> and then they rebuild you into this machine into this image into this soldier that takes orders that works in unison with others that can follow instructions that can work together with other people towards a, a combined goal right and the same thing applies yeah. with learning when people think that they know it is almost impossible to teach but when people don't know but they're willing to learn, you can teach them anything. Yeah. And so character plays a more important part to me in growth than knowledge. You know, because if you have the right character, if you have the right attitude, then you're willing to grow, you're willing to learn, and, you know, and then you can imbibe everything. You can be shaped, you can be molded, you can take on new qualities and features, just like you did with all the different stages and steps. You've gone from living under the bridge, you've been singing in a choir, you have um, worked on dilapidated systems, you have pulled cables, you have installed patch panels and network systems, you have configured CCTV systems and NVRs, and then you've moved on from that into learning how to code. And from learning how to code, you understand more than anybody that building an architecture like that is essentially designing how everything works. 
a front end without a yeah. back end is no end, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah, you yeah. know, without the substance behind it, um, we're just flesh, you know, without all the heart and the muscles and the blood vessels and the neurons and protons and electrons all working to make this body work, you're nothing but skin. And even that at a, at a sub level is, is, is complex. So that willingness to learn seems to be a recurring theme with you. And I think if I may say so that I think it's tied not only to your drive and to what your vision was for your life and what you wanted to achieve, but in also just your strength of character. Um, I hear a lot about humility in your voice and in the stories that you tell. And, and, and I think that plays a huge part, uh, in your life in that way but having said that you've mentioned in the past and in the technical writer that you filled out before the interview you mentioned about how mentorship has played a huge part in where you are today because I know that you said you were self-taught in a lot of ways but I'm sure that over the years you've had people who have imparted knowledge into you to assist you in growing and developing yeah. those skills how important has mentorship been in your learning experience and in your growth experience yeah, uh, for me, actually, I talked about Mr. Yenkai a lot. Yeah. Um, most most of the interviews I did then here in Nigeria were actually like, when they asked what kind of uh, employer I'm, act I'm actually looking forward to, I, I just tell them that I'm looking forward to an employer like Mr. Inka. Mr. Inka will tell me that he's not my boss, that he's just my, like, someone with advanced knowledge, maybe someone who sees things better than I do, that was all. And then maybe your friend, so you can talk about anything. And then he's always there to guide. So I run to him for most of the stuff. Um, when I started, when I, when I moved from just making six figure to seven figure, I ran to him to tell him about it. And the first thing he told me was like, Tosin now, I'm proud of you. When he said that word to me, I was like, this was it for me. Mm. It wasn't just about the money, but the fact that Mr. Yenka of all people could tell me that, Christian, I'm proud of you. I've worked you through. And then he said, now I need you to replicate it inside people. Mm. And then he told me that I need you to build people. Just imagine you bringing 10 people mm. to the same level where you are. That's the next thing I need you to do. And at the same time, you need to keep going. Mm. Then he told me that now you've gotten to a level where I don't, I don't think I can mentor you. I need you to get somebody that can mentor you in mm. what you're doing. Immediately, I got someone. Mm. I spoke to the person. I told him about my vision. I told him where I want, I mm. want to be in the next five years. I told him what I want to do and all. And the person told me to see whatever you are making i make it in two hours wow that was the first thing the person told me he said you know why because i never stopped learning so he told me that before i can believe i can agree to mentor you come back to me and tell me that you're making social amount of money then i will know that you are actually learning hmm. then i went back two months later i went back to him that i don't work for nigerian companies again I work for an international organization. This is what they are paying me. Then he told me, set up a meeting, let's talk. 
then we got talking. Three months later, I came, I, I, I updated him. This is what I've been doing. He told me, okay, I need you to do this. I need you to do this. I need, to, I need you to do this. After I did that, I got an offer from another company from Romania. Mm-hmm. I just didn't put some of these things in my profile because I started getting unnecessary attentions. <laughs> yes, I had to remove some of those stuff from my profile. Currently, mm-hmm. I have about four offers mm-hmm. from big tech companies that I was just like, no, I needed to stabilize because the man told me there's a, there's a time for you to stabilize. Learn yeah. how real applications are being developed. That is um, when, when you're looking at solution architects, they're yeah. designing an entire system, how it works and everything. Yeah. Now, that's the importance of having a mentor. Mm. A mentor is like guiding you. It's very easy for me to, to see far. Mm. I, we have a lot of good software engineers in Nigeria. Some of them, what they are earning is, is not up to what I'm making in two days. Yeah. Why? Because there was nobody to guide. Mm. Having a mentor is like you standing on the shoulder to see. Yeah. So that makes it, that's why I tell people a lot that getting a mentor is very, very key. And, and, and with the little I know, I've been able to help six people get international jobs. Wow. I'm talking about people earning as much as $4,800 monthly. Wow. You're paying it forward. So, as a software engineer. Yeah, you're paying it forward. The things that people did for you, you're... Exactly. So, because people. Mr. Inka told me I need to do it for people. Amazing. So that's what I've been doing, and that's why I tell people: the moment you, you're talking to me and I ask you, so who is your mentor? Your mentor does not necessarily have to be somebody you know physically. Do you have somebody you're looking forward to? Do you have somebody you're reading about that you want to build yourselves along that kind of like that line? It's very key. Mm-hmm. Mentorship is something I tell people is a, is is it's like. It's like the best thing you can actually give yourself after you identify what, what you want to become. Yeah. Why I decided to get a mentor was because I saw that it's very easy for me to start living like a big boy. <laughs> thinking I've arrived. As I'm, as I'm talking to you, Jack, I have four courses that I need to do. Mm. I must submit the certificate to him before the end of this month. Mm. I have two extra courses that he has already he asked me to register. Mm. I must submit um, May, mm. and and he told me that if you have these certifications and you have this knowledge and all, it is possible for you to make thirty thousand dollars monthly. Mm. Jack, imagine me making thirty thousand dollars monthly. Well, with you, I believe it because as far as I'm <laughs> concerned, you can do anything. Um, with the story that you've told me, I, I, I have nothing but respect and admiration for the things that you've achieved, for the humility of spirit, for the uni- for the focus that you have, um, that, that goal to keep going, and then that humility to learn and to develop yourself. And then more importantly, you're also paying it forward. You're taking other people on your journey with you. You're not leaving people behind. Um, a long time ago, and I've shared this before, a bunch of people, my old mentor that I had many years ago had told me that the day you stop learning is the day you become useless to God and to yourself. And I I took that to heart because I I took that to mean that the day you stop learning is the day you die. 
And so what yeah. I started doing was I started making it a point to learn something new every day. I was 16 till then at the time. And I'm 40 now. And I've been learning every day, making sure I learn something new every day for all of those years. And a few years ago, I made a commitment that I was going to start teaching something to someone every day because that's paying it forward. But it's also an opportunity to learn. You can, you learn by teaching others as well because the more you share knowledge yeah. and you bring it out of yourself, you're hearing it, you're relearning it again, you're seeing new angles and new things. And that has been so monumental, not just to my growth, but also to my sense of gratification in, in my life and in what I'm doing um, with my life. But it also gives me a sense of purpose every day when I wake up in the morning that you know that I have two things, two goals for the day outside of any other goals that I'm going to do. One is to learn something new today. And the other thing is to teach something new today to someone. It doesn't matter who. I will learn from anyone, anywhere, anything. I will watch trees blow in the wind and learn something about root structures and how they bring stability to life. You know, I learn every day no matter what and i can apply those real life scenarios to philosophical principles to life principles as metaphors or illustrations that you know help me design programs for people or help me design things for people and it's a big part about what i do with coaching you mentioned mentorship i like to see mentorship as a imagine a a, a gifted race car driver that race car driver is nothing without his pit crew you know, it doesn't yeah. matter how good of a driver you are, if your car isn't tuned right, if you don't have someone in your ear telling you what the other people are doing and how you're performing, where the turns are, where the curves are, how to approach things. If you don't have someone who's seen the big picture and helping you with the steps, which is a lot of what we do in coaching, is that we help people with the steps. Some people have a big picture and we help them with the steps to get to where they want to be. You know, if you don't have someone helping you with that, then it's easy to get lost. It's easy to underperform. Like you said, it's easy to get comfortable. And in that comfort zone, you cease to grow and you don't even realize it until yeah. you're dead in the water. Um, Tosin, this is amazing. So the last thing I'm going to ask you, because you had mentioned to me several times about how important it is to you, is that I want to talk to you, I uh, want you to talk to us actually about the importance of God in your life, or of faith, of having, um, of having a sense of purpose beyond yourself, um, a, a higher calling, um, a sense of closeness to whatever it is. Some people believe in God, some people believe in the universe, but your connection, your tether to those things. Um, can you talk a little bit about how that has helped you on your journey and how, that, how much that means to you? I think I think uh, people will believe if I tell them that I hated God for for years actually. I can relate to that. I <laughs> I I, <laughs> I, I blame them for I almost okay. everything. Mm. I I just look at it like you have the power to do a lot of things, so why not? I remember that was 2017. I was inside BRT bus mm. and. I was going to Ikeja and I was the only passenger inside BRT that early morning. Mm. And then I was worried. I, I I was going, I was having this, these processes that was going through my head. And the major thing was like, I was looking at my life. Mm. 
and I was looking at it like I I remember I said it. I said I can't remember a day that I can say I enjoyed life, mm. and I was already close to thirty seven, thirty six then. Mm. A day that I can tell myself that Tosi, at this very day you enjoyed life, mm. and I told God I said for about for almost thirty six years I've been suffering. And you never see any reason to say, take a single day off. Mm. So I hated him. Mm. And that very day, I heard a clear voice. I people can people can argue about it, but mm. I was very sure about what I heard. I am certain of it. I heard it clear that if only you knew how much I love you. Mm. And I turned back because I thought somebody was behind. Someone had said something, yeah. And there was nobody. And then I started having this conversation with him that, so you mean love to you is me going through pain? Mm. Love to you is me having to struggle about almost everything, having to beg for bread? If that is love, I'm not interested in that kind of job. I want to lead my life myself. I don't need you to be part of me. Mm. I said that to God. But today, the truth is, I've enjoyed God. I've enjoyed mercy. Mm. I've enjoyed His love. And today, I'm yet to understand how much He loves me. I have a family. Mm. my own family i never saw it coming wow the way the way it took me from nothing sometimes when i tell people that i live under the bridge they tell me that it's not possible i've seen i've seen people that said that i think why you have a very soft landing is because you're from a very rich family and then i laugh (laughs) (laughs) i'm very sincere with you jack Mm. i laugh because I wish people could see me some years back. I have some pictures that I told my wife I'm going to share when the right time comes. Mm. You won't believe that this is Uluwa Tosu. Mm. When you saw me then, oh, Tosu was already getting better. Mm. When you saw me then. After that, between 2016 to 2018, I was nothing. I look very unkept. I look haggard. I look washed out. Mm. To the extent that my wife, when she picked interest in me, I looked at her, you're beautiful. People were chasing you. My wife is a nurse. Mm. And then people were chasing you from America, from UK, because she's really, really, really beautiful. Mm. I'm not saying this because she's my wife. I mean, she's beautiful. And then I look at her like, are you okay? Sure, you are normal. Why will you pick this thing? Because I wasn't sure that life was going to change for me. But God turned it around for me. And then I I, I, I now understand that it's not a magician. Mm. The question, every miracle in the Bible, there is a question being asked. What do you have? Mm. Jesus could have just called manna from heaven and feed the 5,000. He asked them, what do you have? And they said, oh, two fishes and five loaves. Mm. Trust me, without uh, with, without the two fishes and five loaves, miracle wouldn't have happened that very day. They would have gone without food. Mm. The same thing, he asked them, what do you have? Two fishes and seven loaves. But do you notice that 
five loaves and two fishes. They had 12 baskets. Mm. Seven loaves and two fishes. I think they had seven baskets or eight. Why? Mathematically, they should have like 13, 14. That means that God doesn't need you to be perfect before he blesses you, but you must have something that is going to bless you. You have to have something to work on. You just you need something. It doesn't need you to be 100%. Tosi is not the best programmer. Mm. I was talking to somebody, I told him that you can pick 10,000 good programmers in Nigeria before you even remember that there is a guy called Tosi that can actually code. But the little I know, what I'm making, some of them are not. Wow. And that is the grace that I've enjoyed. He has helped me. He has, he has made one of the things that, that I think happened in my life or had happened in my life is that I'm always positioned in a particular place where help would come, mm. which I never identified. We talked about that opportunity thing, you know, <laughs> yes. like being led to certain places and then your help comes from there. Yeah. That's amazing. If I had not met you, mm. come to your office, I wouldn't have met the head of IT who mm. said something that made me feel like I needed to add value to myself. Mm. Being at the being at a position at the right place, being at the place that um, is going to add value to you, even though when those values you might not see them, mm. I think that is what has really helped me. And and I can only say this is God because when you look at where I am, with where I'm coming from. I don't think I can actually like resolve it mm. in terms of like saying yes when you're coming from here you get to this point. So mm. there's 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 something that I can't explain in between, mm. and that thing I can't explain in between is God for me. Wow, I couldn't have put it better myself, Tosin. Thank you so much for taking the time out to share this. First of all, amazing story. But even more importantly to me, thank you for being my first um, interviewee on on the podcast. Um, you have an amazing story. I you know you said something earlier about paying things forward and about um, sharing and teaching and training other people. While I was doing a deep dive on you, um, just to familiarize myself with your background and some of the things you've been doing since we last met, I, I came across so many things online with you participating in training programs for other people and um, helping to teach other people um, even some of the projects that you started on your own um, the company that you started piqued my interest a lot um, I believe it's called quickfix.ng um, yeah, yeah yeah and I have a lot of interest in that but I will definitely be talking to you about that because the description, it said quickfix.ng is a rapid response platform that connects Nigerians to necessary tools uh, to necessary help during crises. And that, yeah. I think, speaks to your heart as well, that you still have a heart to help people, a heart to see people um, come up and to be the best versions of themselves. Once again, the key buzzwords that I hear in your life, story, Tosin, that keep reoccurring, sacrifice, resilience, gratitude, commitment, determination, humility, and patience. And if I could add one more, holding on that tether to God that you have and being grateful for the opportunities and the roles that the factor of God or the factor of the universe being bigger than you plays in positioning you uh, to be 
who you desire to be, who inside of yourself you know that you can be. It's been an amazing conversation, an amazing story. Thank you so much, Tosin, for taking time out to speak to us today. Um, why don't you take a moment to just plug yourself so that anybody who wants to reach out to you, um, you know, whether for work or just to share stories or just to hear more from you, um, can find you. Would you like to just tell us how we can get in touch with you? Um, mostly, I'm always on LinkedIn, actually. I'm not a social media person, actually. I That's don't cool. have Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook accounts. Only have All right, I so would you have, share um, your LinkedIn handle? Yes, yes. Um, okay. So... I'll put, a link, I'll put a link to your page in the bio of the podcast so that if people want to connect with you, they can do so. Um, Tosin has had an amazing life from a life under the bridge to a life filled with gratitude and the achievement of his dreams, family, um, and being able to allow his parents see the success. Um, which I, I, I realize as, as someone who's lost both parents now, I know how important that is to someone like you or like me who's been through things and you want to be able to give back to the people who sacrifice so much um, to, to help you come up, you know. Um, so thank you so much for being amazing. Thank you for being who you are. I will be talking to you again more about tech stuff this time because there's so much stuff that people have to learn from you. And I believe that you have so much that you, you can offer to everyone. Thank you so much, Tosin, for taking thank time. You so much. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll talk again soon. All right. Thank you. I really appreciate it. All right, so I'll put the link in the bio. Thank you for listening to the podcast today, everyone. I've been talking with Tosin, who has been an absolute inspiration. I hope you found this topic helpful. You can tune in um, on any of our social media platforms at on Instagram at Uncle Jack, that's U-N-K-U-J-A-C-K. On YouTube, U-N-K-U-J-A-C-K. Our website is jackandi.com. That is J-A-C-K-A-N-D-I.com. Um, stay safe, everyone. Live your best life. Live a life of gratitude. There is nothing under the sun that you cannot do if you are determined enough and if you're willing to learn and push through, just like we learned from Tosin today. Have a great day, everyone. And as always be inspired this has been the talk to jack podcast with uncle jack tune in next time for another episode